This is Amanda. And this is Rachel. And this is Vocal Perspective. So hello, hello, Akaville fans. This is Vocal Perspective. I'm Rachel, and I am so thrilled, incredibly thrilled and honored to be sitting down with Shelly Regner, known maybe most famously for her work in the Pitch Perfect franchise, but also in her more recent work with Dee Capella. And I just want to say welcome to Shelly. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It's still morning time in Los Angeles, so if I mess up words or anything, I'm still drinking my coffee. So. <laughs> no worries. We have uh, um, I have mine right here, so we're good. <laughs> Even cheers. though it is nowhere near morning. Yeah. Oh, cheers, friend. <laughs> cheers. Uh, <laughs> hey, look, coffee is like other beverages. There's no timeline on this for me, so That's <laughs> you can perfect. have it at any point in the day. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So I'd love to start off asking for those who may not know, what if you can talk a little bit about your initial foray into acapella. Yes. Well, you know, what's hilarious is that my first job and acapella experience was the first Pitch Perfect movie, and which, you know, would be surprising to some people because, you know, that I, that's a usual question you get of like, well, how long had you been? You, what groups were you in before? And, you know, what was your history? And I was like, this is it. So um, I, I did grow up in, you know, musical theater and show choir, of course, but I had never really experienced the full throttle acapella world. And until I was cast in the Pitch Perfect movies. And even then, that's a kind of a sub world of the real acapella world. But it was my first experience of like being the music. And I actually in that first movie was kind of volunteered as the beatbox help. <laughs> so voluntold. Voluntold. <laughs> so not only is this like my first acapella experience, I also was like, yeah, let me hold down the percussion. Which like, does anyone <laughs> do that? Who does <laughs> Only a newbie would do that. Is So that tells you my experience. I was like, yeah, how hard could no it be? Oh, wait. So I got boots and cats down, of course. Yes. And a couple of like high hat snares. And the lovely part, especially being the first movie, we were supposed to be the underdogs. So, you know, obviously in the acapella world, Deke Sharon is a major deal. And so we, you know, that's how I met him through Pitch Perfect and uh, being the voluntary, what is it? The voluntold <laughs> beatboxer. He probably one of the best advice he told me for that portion was you don't have to be that good. You're not supposed to be that good at the beginning of the movie anyway. <laughs> so that was a bit comforting to me. Um, but yeah, that was my truly my intro to acapella world. I, I loved it. I loved it. And one of the, my favorite things about being in those movies and, you know, since kind of, you know, and since knowing Deke and involving myself in, in a little more acapella and, you know, being part of these amazing boot camp and, you know, camps around the world or these performances, you know, Carnegie Hall, like no big deal, right? The acapella community that was so appreciative of the movie being like, thank you for like depicting us and, you know, giving our world a shout out and kind of hopefully being so close, you know, we tried to make it as authentic as possible. But it's always nice to hear from the people who really live that life where it's like, that was my experience. That's what we did. We would rehearse and then we would do the ICCAs and like, this is what we did. And I loved watching. It was like going down memory lane. So it's, it's very rewarding in, in that aspect too. But yeah, no prior acapella experience. Can you believe? <laughs> and you make it look so easy. <laughs> oh, I thank you so much. That's the acting part. <laughs> 
Excellent. I wonder maybe if we can just stick on this topic for a little bit. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about, you mentioned the feedback that you've gotten from other people about your portrayal of acapella in a sort of heightened reality. Exactly. (laughs) And can you talk a little bit about some of the feedback that's stuck with you? Oh, absolutely. You know, I being able to meet so many people truly around the nation, even the world, uh, you know, so many groups that come far and wide. You know, one, I think what acapella really brings and why most of us are a part of the world and the community is the joy. Obviously, it's like the joy of music and the joy of camaraderie and creating, you know, creating sound together. And I think that's first and foremost what I, you know, take with me so much about the movies of I'm so happy we brought that joy to everyone everyone and like depicted that kind of because we really were having so much fun. So it's like, it's not like we were acting that hard, you know, being like, oh, we're a group of girls trying to like make this music and win a competition and and create our sound, you know, and that was the other thing, the sound. I think that was the thing I didn't realize, you know, although being in music, when you're in an acapella group, you do have a certain, I mean, any artist has a specific sound or, you know, their brand or whatever, you know, their vibe that they're going for. And so I don't know that I quite understood it until, you know, really diving into that and then hearing everybody else's feedback of like, yeah, you know, we work hard to find our sound and what our niche is. And I really think it's just the the nuances of it all because acapella is so specific and it's such a small community, you know, like in the grand scheme, you know, it's like it's like musical theater people or, uh, or, you know, film enthusiasts or, you know, what have you. Acapella is its own community. And so the specific things of like, whether it was a character that someone identified with or a song that they did was like, oh, we tried to do that song. It was so hard. We tried to do this with that song. Uh, You know, it's just those specific stories that I honestly wouldn't even think about portraying. It was just like, I'm just trying to live the life and do this authentically and create this world as authentically as possible. But the fact that someone can pick out, you know, I played a role that had no speaking lines and I I, you know, I was holding down a lot of the harmonies and, you know, I wasn't the main feature, but to have people email me or come up to me and say like, you are my favorite part or I connected with you the most or, you know, it was like, oh, it means that like there is a place for everyone in acapella. And that's what I think I really kind of took with me through the next, you know, the second and the third one where it was like, it's not a small part, just like in acapella, there's no small parts. If you're in the group, you're in the, you're in the group and you're singing your part. Totally. And you, you, you're just as important as everybody else. Cause without that part, you don't have your sound, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, that's such a, a that's such a fantastic, I think, way to look at it. Yeah. So it was really nice to hear about how you all had so much fun on set because I think that was conveyed in the final product of the movie. <laughs> Good, I hope so. <laughs> and you wanted to believe that you guys were all actually friends and now you see that you are all still friends and it's been almost 20 years, or yeah. not 20, it's been almost 10 years. Isn't that insane? Since the first movie came out and you guys all still like hang out and that makes it like... I was literally at Britney Snow's birthday last night. We're all there hanging out, talking about, can you believe how long we've known each other? <laughs> did you bust down into song? <laughs> I, I wish I could say we did. You know what? I am going to say we did. I'm going to say we did because why not? Yeah. Why not? No, no one's going to fact check you. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. No, we were actually, um, we were watching The Bachelor. <laughs> that's amazing. that's what we do. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's awesome. Well, so I wonder, you know, you mentioned, obviously, or at least we mentioned at the top that Decapella was something that you didn't you parlayed sort of your experience with the Pitch Perfect franchise into like a more acapella work, which is a hard a thing true, to do. Yeah, it is. And it's very, it's very different. Because obviously, you know, Pitch Perfect, while we are, you know, and that's the that's a huge question we get. Is that are y'all really singing? It is us. But it, you know, in the same time, it's like we pre record. So we record all the songs first, and then we film it to the track. And uh, because, you know, it's Hollywood magic. But then, you know, then transferring over to DiCapello, where it's like, oh, there are no tracks. You are not, si- you are singing. You are singing for a <laughs> two hour live, show. Live, live. Yep. You are, you you're confirm. waking up at five in the morning to uh, warm up because you got to go hit a high note. Uh, you know, it's a lot, uh, the athleticism of your body, obviously more there. And I, you know, what I honestly, what I take, biggest thing I take from DiCapella, God, there's so many things. But I think what's wonderful is a lot of people, even people that are so close to me have told me, they're like, I think that made you a better singer. And I was like, oh, oh my God, thank you so much. You know, because I, I, you know, I pride myself. I've been singing my whole life and you're always striving to be better and you want to hit that high note and you want to be crisp and you want to be clean. And sometimes you get in those shows and you're so dead tired. and You're like, how am I going to do this? Oh my God. But it's, you know, it's a muscle. It's a huge muscle. And to be able to work that out every single day and be with a group of people that you can call family. And I always, I, I tell this as sort of a joke, but it's kind of not a joke where Deke is considered the, you know, the father of contem- godfather of contemporary acapella. And I'm like, I kind of consider him the godfather of my career sometimes because, <laughs> because <laughs> since meeting him in the first Pitch Perfect, he's kind of, you know, he's, he's always called me to be like, Hey, got this opportunity, you know, that I'm working on. Would you want to be a part of it? I'm like, hell yeah. Oh my God. Of course. So it's so funny that as a person who, you know, was not, not in the true acapella genre before getting there that what almost 10 years of my career being acapella based but you would have never known it seeing you, you on stage I mean I was lucky enough to get to see probably six or seven shows and you know every night the whole group was amazing and I think what was really special about having you in the decapella cast was you brought that like showmanship because I, I think a lot of them did come out of acapella and some of them didn't have your performance experience and in some ways you you carry the show. Oh, wow. uh, you brought that energy to the show. I, d- I, I will say because I did start on stage. So it is it's a very home like experience for me. So it, yeah, it's I just have fun. You know, it's all about having fun. And but we all have our strengths, you know, everyone in that group, you know, if I if I brought the showmanship, then somebody else I can't tell you how many times I cried in the rehearsal space, you know, when the first time we used in ears, you know, if any of you, if any of you listening have used in-ears, I had never done that before. And my first time, you know, Amanda's husband will tell you, I cried so many times. I was like, I don't know what I'm hearing. I don't even know if I hear myself. <laughs> Does it say, do I suck? I just was, you know, and it's like, we all, we all brought our strengths to it where, you know, you've got people like RJ Westner who, and Orlando Dixon, where it's like, they went to Berkeley. Uh, you know, RJ's done acapella gosh, I couldn't even tell you how many years, you know, you got Morgan Keene, who like is is the Broadway expert over here. And it's just there's just so many people that bring their strengths that we all any given time or any of us were having a moment or, you know, unsure of a certain place or what we should do in, in a certain arena of that process. 
one of, you know, we all had each other's backs. And, and so, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a team effort, as you would say in acapella. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you pushed with the in-ears, oh the struggle, because Charlie and I often say, Charlie is my husband, for those of you who haven't caught on yet. But Charlie and I often say that, that in-ears can make or break oh somebody. And we've seen them. I break. mean, I definitely broke down. <laughs> It's definitely a new way of, of hearing things. I mean, I've seen people quit over it because they think they can't sing anymore. Yeah, it's, you know, it's like learning how to hear differently. You've, you've yeah. been listening a whole way your whole life. And then all of a sudden, you just got sound directly into like, just only you. And it's like hearing your inside thoughts at <laughs> maximum capacity. And you're like, wait a second, I, I want to turn that part down. Hold on. <laughs> So what kind of things did you have to do to prepare? You know, you mentioned earlier, you had to come from a pre-recorded and, you know, once you got on the set for the movie, it wasn't, you know, a live thing where you had to do everything all at once Yeah. to changing to every night you had to be on and it was your voice out there. Yeah, I, you know, really the stamina of it all. I can't, you know, I grew up in dance, you know, from a very early age. So luckily, I have a, you know, a better understanding of performance stamina and kind of just having to like push through, you know, and breathing and all that technique. I mean, there really is so much athleticism involved in performing and in singing without hurting yourself, right? And so I think that was my biggest thing. My biggest thing, because I'm a, you know, I'm a mezzo soprano, I'm a belter, and you can't for two hours just punch your voice. And that was something, you know, honestly, being a singer my whole life, I thought volume equaled, you know, performance equaled good singing. And that was something I actually had to learn where it was like, no, 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 conserve. Like when you're doing the like do 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 do's in the background, you don't have to be belting and punching. And <laughs> Charlie was like, also, that makes my job harder as a, right. <laughs> as a sound person. <laughs> and it really just kind of understanding how everyone worked together in that capacity, how, you know, I don't have to be, I don't have to manage the sound, you know, it's like someone else had that. So that's one thing off my mind that it's like, oh, okay, if I, I can be quieter in this, uh, in this song. And then when I'm singing a solo, then he'll punch up my mic and everything. So it's like understanding that I didn't have to do 12 jobs at once, you know, thinking about a microphone, thinking about volume of my voice, thinking about the choreography and, you know, because I think that's what, especially coming from theater, when like when you don't have a microphone, when you're doing like black box theater or something, it's like, okay, well, you have to be in charge of your volume. You have to be in charge of sight lines. You have to be in charge of all this stuff. And when it's like, oh, no, 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 that's my job. I got that. Don't worry about that. It was like, that was almost harder for me to let go of, of being like, what do you mean? I don't have to work so hard. <laughs> I, you know, it's, it was kind of foreign to me. But yeah, it definitely, definitely the volume and, and really understanding how I could conserve my voice throughout a two hour performance, you know, of a nonstop, like, I've never sang that long. Normally, you know, in a musical or something, you like you do a two or three minute song and then you go and you, you know, you get to rest for a little bit and then you'll come back and do another song. It was like, that's not the case if you're doing an acapella show, whether it be 10 minutes or two hours, like you're using your voice the entire time. And then between that, you're talking to the audience. <laughs> so you're still having. So it was really for me learning how to not work so hard rather than pushing all that work through was my biggest um, learning lesson through it all. Wow. That's really cool. 
So, <laughs> I mean, it's a good lesson. And I think some of the points you touched yeah. on really uh, speak sort of directly to the nature of sort of or the original, at least premise of the show, which is like women in this space and sort of some of the, I guess, I think challenges that we as women have trying to navigate some of the expectations for us in this space, in addition to like our own expectations for ourselves in this space. Sure. And I wonder if you can talk a little bit about how you feel the community has either accepted or maybe challenged you in some of these areas. Uh, man, yeah, which day you want to talk about? <laughs> no, it is. It's, you know, I'm, I'm still as we all are just learning day by day. But I think tr I, I've learned so much about the business side of, you know, all of the, obviously, I think many, many of uh, anyone who's listening or, you know, us even where it's like, we have our creative outlet. And most of that is very artistic, usually, and whether that's singing or performing or creating or, you know, doing podcasts, whatever it is, to where it's like, it's fun. We, we're doing it for the fun and the enjoyment and the fulfillment of our lives. And then when you start to do that as a business, it kind of becomes this interesting blurred line where you're like, this is still like my joy and my love and what I want to do. But, and, and so as a woman being in that business, for me, uh, at least it, understanding the voice that I have or, you know, coming to uh, strengthening the voice that I have as a woman in business has been a really interesting lesson for me to learn. Uh, just kind of, you know, because I'm also, we Rachel and I were talking about this earlier. I, I'm also from the South, you know, it's like I learned a, a certain way to be a specific type of woman where it's like, you know, as most of us have as women where it's like, you, you know, look pretty and, and just kind of like don't make too much noise and just go along, you know, let the man do the thing. And where it's like, like, oh, I don't, you know, especially as a woman in the arts, I I feel very empowered. And, uh, you know, I live in a city like Los Angeles, where everyone feels very empowered. And, and uh, so I think for me, just kind of navigating the business side of art, and finding my own voice and my strength in that to be able to say what I need, or what I even want through all this has is it's something I'm still learning something I still grapple with because you know I'm I don't know any of us that would really like conflict but I really don't like conflict <laughs> or you know even just mentioning something that might be an adverse thought to anything you know whether it, but like just attributing it to acapella where it's like I don't know if I didn't want to do a certain song and somebody else was like, we're going to do this song. That would be something for me where it's like, do I speak up about that? Do I just kind of swallow it and like do the song and kind of like, you know, I hate it, but like I'll sing it. Or, or like, do we make that a conversation, make that a dialogue and come to a compromise of something we can all enjoy and love. So just certain, just really lessons like that of, uh, you know, that I, I don't know if I have any concrete details or, or specifics, or if, if I even answered the question. Well, you totally <laughs> <But> did. <laughs> I think that's a good point, though. I think a lot of women are afraid to initiate the dialogue, and we just kind of wait to be invited. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's what it's what a lot of society tells us, you know, to do. And, you know, it, it was really interesting. I, especially through Decapella, I was, for some reason or other, I felt very empowered to like speak. There was just not a lot of time, you know, it was a very ongoing process and everything was just like, 
you know, the next thing would come along and you'd have to go with the flow. And, and especially being a performer where it's like, if I'm going to do a two hour show and we're, we've got these crazy schedules as a person, as a woman, also as a people pleaser, I want to be able to be there and do all the things you're asking of me. But also as a performer and a business person, I need to rest so I can fully do the job that I'm hired to do. So where in that do I, you know, bring up my concerns, bring up certain things. And, um, and I found it interesting that I, you know, I would vent to my, my boyfriend about this. And he was the one that was like, you would be considered a quote unquote problem in business, you know, because, and, and he didn't, he meant that in love and everything, but I just found it funny where I was like, what do you mean? And it was like, it's just funny that like, you know, I don't know. I think a man that would bring any of that up, it would be okay, totally fine, totally fine. And then if a woman's just kind of like, I need certain things or I need an extra or I don't know if I should be doing that, you'd be like, well, we have to, we have to, let's keep going. And, yeah, to- and that kind of stuff makes it feel like it's some kind of weakness mm-hmm. yes, that we're yeah. exposing. Which it's not at all. It's, you know, asking for what you need or for what you want is the strongest thing you can possibly do. It's such and a skill. You know, I think, yeah. Oh my gosh. And I'm still learning that. I'll ask for what I want and then have that conversation and then go in the, in my room and cry because, because <laughs> I'm like, that was so it was hard. so hard. I, you know, yeah. like even if it was like, I just need a glass of water, please. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I asserted myself. It's crazy. Um, but it is, it, it, you know, it's, uh, it, I think it's something, you know, obviously it's, this is too deep to get into, but we're in a society right now where, you know, we're still navigating that and we're all still trying to break those strongholds and those stereotypes and ideas and, you know, but I think it starts small. It starts on, on the ground, the ground scale of things where it's like it starts with you and your community. And like, so the more that, you know, young women or just women in general, no matter where you are, can feel like you have that voice. Yeah. yeah. You are meant to be heard. You know, we don't, we don't have to stick ourselves in the corner in a box, yeah. you know, and that doesn't make us an, a problem right. or, you know, it doesn't make us weak. It, you know, and it's like, hell, we should just all find each other and just <laughs> make our own super group. Totally. I, I mean, I think you, you make a really excellent point, which is, I think also that having these spaces where it either, whether it's all women or, or not all women, but, but having the, these smaller opportunities to practice, to practice asking for what yeah. you want and for what you need in environments that feel yeah. safer is a great way to sort of, to give yourself an opportunity to, to figure out how you can do it in a way that feels authentic to you. Yeah. And also that gets you what you need, really. Yeah. 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 I think. The big disconnect still is that everyone says it's okay for women to be this way, to be more assertive, to act, quote unquote, like a man. Mm -hmm. But we haven't created the spaces that actually make us feel safe doing that. Right. Because in your head, like you said, you think like, I can do this. I can go ask for what I need. And then... Yeah, that emotional buildup of, oh, God, can I actually ask for what I need? And or I just asked for what I needed. And now I'm going to sob because it Mm -hmm. just took so much. Well, and sometimes you ask for what you need, and you don't get it. And that is also a a difficult position to be in because, you know, you you took the effort and you you made this the scary decision to put yourself out there and ask for what you need and you get shut down. And how do you handle that? Yeah. And that's, you know, that's a whole other side of the coin Mm -hmm. where but that's in terms of anything else in life where it's like you're going to do things and you're going to fail and you got to get back up and do it. And I think the biggest biggest lesson for me with that, because, you know, how many times have any of us been told no or, you know, get 
shut down. And, you know, you were just telling me this morning about your experience that it's, you know, we can't let those no's diminish us getting back up and trying or speaking our voice. You know, one no doesn't mean we have to shut up or be quiet anymore. You know, that's just a no. And that's just someone else's opinion. And somewhere else it will be a yes. And there is it's all about finding that community and those people, you know, that that will say yes and support each other. You know, I love that. Well, Shelly, it's been a pleasure talking with you. I know I'm, I'm glad to be able to give you another platform to talk to people in acapella because I know for me, it was really a pleasure getting to meet you and know you as a person. So we're yeah. glad to be able to share a little bit of that. And I'm always happy to be here. Thank you for having me. We're uh, looking forward to maybe seeing you uh, do some more acapella at some point. Hopefully at some point we will see, keep you posted. You know where to find me. <laughs> we'll poke Deke. Hey, Deke, find one more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Call Deke. Hey, you got a job? <laughs> but thank you again so much for joining us today, Shelly. Thank you. It was my pleasure. So on a perhaps less pleasant note than the ones we normally talk about, we here at Vocal Perspective, like all of you, are concerned about the coronavirus and about the impact that it's having, not just on our own personal lives, but on sort of the broader acapella community. And there's some pretty far-reaching implications. And um, Amanda and I were chatting about it. And um, Amanda, why don't you uh, take it from there? Sure. Yeah, I mean, this has been pretty heavy on my mind. I am a self-employed musician and production, and I make a lot of my money from performing for audiences, which are going away, and producing events, and running live sound for events, and the spring is busy. It's our busy time, and we're going to lose that money. And we're seeing a lot of people get really, depressed isn't the right word, but like very downtrodden. Yeah, that... You know, this could mean some of these businesses going under, depending on what kind of bills and things that they have to pay or how much they were relying on this specific income. And I think we need to find a way to make music that keeps us, gets us through this. Um, I mean, I'm seeing it, you know, I we try to volunteer for hospitals and hospitals are canceling all volunteer programs. So they are doing virtual bedside visits and you know I've been talking with my singers of you know maybe we can do like little mini recording like separate you were saying earlier about the Alumni project who everybody kind of records in their own home and brings it together so I'm wondering what kind of things are out there what how can we get ourselves through what seems like it's going to be a longer period of isolation for people yeah, I, I think that um, in this particular case, technology is our friend, and all the uh, video sharing software, video or, or video software, things like Google Hangouts, things like Skype and Zoom, and these other sort of technologies that allow you to have multi-person, face-to-face conversations are are ways that groups can stay connected, even when they may have to be deliberately physically apart. I mean, there are groups, there are actually quite a few uh, semi-pro and pro groups that don't actually physically live in the same place. And they do have means that they use to practice together and to stay connected. So I think that in, in this circumstance, the sort of regular world could maybe take a page from their book. Yeah. And I think, you know, there are other things that we can do. It's it's going it's devastating to hear these festivals getting canceled and spring concerts and i really feel for the seniors like that might just had this last thing to look forward to and maybe it's not happening but you know there are things 
that you can do from your house, especially because there's YouTube and there's online lessons, but maybe this is the time to teach yourself how to arrange or give yourself a challenge or send out arrangements and have people learning this music so that when you are able to get back together, you've got a little bit of a head start. You feel like you didn't lose all of that time. And you know, and I'm hearing from people that are canceling voice lessons. A lot of my friends are voice teachers and people are like, oh, we'll just come back when it's safe to come outside again. And I'm like, don't lose that. I mean, you have Skype, you have Hangouts, you have FaceTime, stay with your voice teacher. I mean, they're gonna be struggling too. So you taking away that income from them sucks, but also you taking that half an hour or hour that you have a week, making music and bettering yourself, that's gonna start to chip away your self-esteem and your mental well-being too. There's a way to do it virtually. Please keep it in your life. And I guess I would add that Acaville is a great way to do things virtually. We are an all virtual environment. So if anyone is looking for a way to have some more acapella in their lives, perhaps reach out to Rachel and Amanda at acaville.org. Yeah. <laughs> We'd love to have you on the team. It does, you know, I get to listen to music all day long or listen or edit interviews with people that are doing wonderful things in acapella. So it does, you know, this part of my job is not going away, which is I'm very thankful for. And that wraps up this week's episode of Vocal Perspective. A huge thank you to Shelly Regner for taking the time to sit down with us. We also wish everyone out there well, and we hope you're faring this time of social distancing as well as you possibly can. We'll be back next week with episode 32, and we'll feature an interview with Shannon McNulty. So until then, we'll see you next Tuesday.